The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open again to 1 Corinthians 14, we continue looking at prophesying as it is that expedient way, and it is emphasized over and above the gift of speaking in tongues. So first a word of prayer, and then we'll pick up our reading with verse number one again today. Father, I come now in Jesus' name. I thank you for the opportunity to preach the word of God to help us to be a servant to your people, and minister the word of God to them. And we pray you would minister to their hearts and meet their needs this very moment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Verse number 1 of 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says at the mouth of the Lord, Follow after charity, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. Skip on down to verse number three. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. And so we look now back to our outline. We're emphasizing how that tongues and prophesying are contrasted. Paul gives the distinction of prophecy, primarily in verse 3, it is there noted, but they are contrasted here in these verses. We left off with verse 3 last time together, emphasizing the personal difference that tongues without interpretation were a great failure in the church, and prophesying was a great force in 
the church. Now, in verse 4, we see the powerful difference. What is presented here is a choice for the Corinthian Christians. They could either choose to edify and exalt self, this would be tongues without an interpreter, or they could choose to exhort and edify the saints, this would be prophesying. To edify and build up the church is a noble and powerful thing to do. To receive light and revelation from God and deliver that truth among the saints as one filled with the Holy Spirit and guided by the Spirit of God was clearly a powerful force within the early church. Now, we must recognize that tongues alongside interpretation was a powerful force within the early church, but there were rules, there were tests, there were guidelines, there must have been the presence of Jewish unbelievers for these things to be profitable. Therefore, in these present days, we must say today, right now, to hear the Word of God preached in demonstration of God's Spirit and power is a powerful force to reckon with. Though we are not prophesying according to the gift of prophecy, for it did fail, it did pass away, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 8, yet we are declaring God's truth as His preachers in that great line of prophets and apostles and New Testament preachers. The choice is set before them. Will you exalt self or will you edify the saints? Verse 5, tongues and prophesying, they're not contrasted here, but they are considered. There is the blessedness of prophesying over tongues, and then there is the blessedness of edifying over tongues. So tongues will edify if there is interpretation. So again, Paul is not forbidding the use of tongues to the church of God at Corinth because the sign gifts were in operation. So the emphasis must be upon the right pursuit. They should desire and pursue edification. Verses 1 through 5. We begin now looking at the emphasis upon the right priority. Verses 6 through 19. In verses 6 through 12, there is the priority of instruction in the church. In verses 13 through 17, there is the priority of interpretation in the church. And then in verses 18 and 19, there is the priority of indoctrination in the church. There is instruction in the church, interpretation in the church, and indoctrination in the church. These were to take priority over tongues. Back to verse number six. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? So the priority of instruction was for the servant of the Lord. Paul speaks very clearly here, and he states that tongues without truth is of no profit to God's people and does not serve to edify the church. The priority of instruction was not just for the servant of the Lord, it was also for the saints of the Lord. Verses 7 through 12, 
Now, in verses 7 and 8, Paul speaks about sound without sense, or we could say tongues without interpretation, a language that would remain unknown to the congregation. Look at verse 7. And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? The result of sound without sense is confusion in verse 7. It's catastrophe in verse 8. No one would know what is being played if there was no distinction in the sounds. No one would know to prepare for battle if the trumpet gave forth an uncertain sound. Second of all, for the saints of the Lord, let them consider utterance without understanding. Verses 9 through 11. There are spoken words mentioned in verse 9. So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood. How shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. Utterance or spoken words without understanding, how shall it be known? What profit is in this? You are doing nothing more than speaking into the air. Now verses 10 through 11 are sensible words taken into consideration. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Sensible words, words that can make sense, that have signification, that can have the meaning of the voice interpreted. Not this gibberish, not these unintelligible syllables stringed together. No, no, no. Sound without sense, utterance without understanding, and then verse 12, excelling without edifying. Verse 12, Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, Seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. They had a zeal that was good, but they had a zeal that needed guidance. What was the guidance they needed? Well, Paul begins in verse 13 down through 17 to give forth the priority of interpretation in the church. Do not let any man deceive you. These unknown tongues that are mentioned here is not some sort of mystical, heavenly prayer language. It was a known language, but it was unknown in the congregation. And therefore, there must be an interpreter. Look at verse 13. Wherefore, Let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit, 
and I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say, Amen, at thy giving of thanks? Seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest. For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. And so Paul says there is understanding in the gift of tongues, which is important. There's a prayerful approach. There's a practical approach. But then understanding in the gift of tongues is not only important, but it is imperative. Understanding is key for personal involvement in the service in the matter of supplication, verse 15, in the matter of singing, verse 15. But understanding is key for public instruction in the service of the church body that is met together. The learning of others must be considered in verse 16, and the lives of others must be considered in verse 17. So it is plain for all to see if they will take the scripture just as it is for just what it says that the modern day tongues movement and charismatic assemblies are outside of the book and therefore they're outside of God's boundaries and they do not have the blessings of God and they are ministering and they are quote unquote worshiping but it is apart from the spirit of God and it is very demonic and it is of an unknown spirit and it should be avoided at all costs. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day and in closing we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.